It's good to be with you this morning. Thank you for the invitation to come and lead worship during your vacancy. I bring you greetings from the other 170 congregations of the Rocky Mountain District and the nearly 80 schools in the Rocky Mountain District. Schools that range from preschool, early childhood centers to high schools. Those congregations and schools are scattered, of course, throughout all of New Mexico, throughout all of Utah, throughout all of Colorado, and including the tip of Texas, the El Paso area, extending into Arizona, the Navajo Reservation, congregation in Arizona, and two congregations in Nebraska. Second largest district of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. So there's quite a diversity. As from El Paso, we carry out work into Mexico as well. So there are different languages that are spoken, including Farsi and a Pakistani congregation. And all the activities in the various geographic regions, cultures vary. So in spite of that diversity, we have a unity, a unity that centers around God's word, around the gospel message of Jesus Christ. That's captured in the focus of the Rocky Mountain District. Our district focus consists of nine words. Know the truth, understand the culture, live the faith. It's important to know God's word. That's where we find truth. That's also telling us about Jesus Christ, the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. And there is absolute truth in scripture. Now, the culture of today doesn't necessarily accept the fact that there is absolute truth. And you're probably, like most congregations, not having people come checking you out, banging in, crashing through the doors, standing room only because people want to know the truth that is here through God's word. And culture is changing at an ever more rapid rate. As you consider yourselves, and and I think of myself at my age, it's far different today than it was when I was a youth. And it continues to change more and more. But in that culture, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, wherever we are, we have the opportunity, even though people are not coming to hear the truth of God's word, We have the opportunity, his baptized children, to live the faith that is drawn from God's word, that God's Holy Spirit has given to us. To know the truth, understand the culture, live the faith, that's our common bond. And those themes, those phrases come into play in our lessons this morning. 
I've chosen just five verses out of the epistle lesson, out of James 5, verses 7 to 11, to reflect on this morning under the theme, Patience, a challenge and a blessing. Well, patience is required in families, parents with children, when you've told them what time to be ready to leave the house and they're still dawdling around and not yet dressed fully. And they can become impatient with you, with you as well. You've made promises to them and the promise is still unfulfilled and delays keep going on and on and they become impatient. Happens in classrooms. Teachers become impatient with the child who's continually late turning in the homework or cutting up and creating confusion and all the antics that go along with that in the classroom. But students become impatient with the teacher who goes past the time period when it's time to go out and play as well. I would ask you this morning to think about your patience level. Let's call it the patience quotient. And on a scale of one to ten, one being low patience and ten being very high in patience, where do you stand? I'm not going to ask you to hold up the number of fingers to, to demonstrate that, but think about it for yourself. My patience was really tested a week ago Friday, making a trip to the western part of Colorado. The first leg of that journey should have taken two and a half hours. Instead, it was four hours. And not what I call stop-and-go traffic, but I called it stop-and-crawl, going a few miles an hour and then stopping again. And one of those was not unexpected going through Glenwood Canyon because of the mudslides would narrow down to one lane. But there was a period where we were stopped on I-70 for 10 minutes. And as we proceeded, we couldn't see the reason for the delay. But that wasn't all. As that day wore on, I started getting all kinds of phone messages, emails, text messages that I had an email account that was, that I was asking for money, for gift cards from pastors. And I'm in a meeting, you can't really contact me, so just contact me by email. It was someone who had set up an email account with my name that looked very official, using the LCMS address as well but someone was impersonating me. And that night I was frustrated and I could not get the account deleted to end. Well, 
you've had your experiences as well. Probably something similar of standing in a checkout line and the person ahead engages the clerk in conversation, chit-chat. And then the final total is rung up and, oh, pull out the wallet or dig into the purse and fumbling around trying to find the right credit card or perhaps, oh, I know I've got the right change so that I don't get any pennies or anything back in return. And traffic, sitting at a red light in a lineup and probably not going to make it through the first green light. The other day, there was a pickup truck next to me and my windows were rolled up and all of a sudden as the light turned green, I, there was pounding on the steering wheel and the woman was shouting, the car ahead of her, and we didn't make it through that green light. The frustration, the patience level was pretty low. And what's it like when you're trying to communicate with someone who has dementia? And in a matter of 15 minutes, the person asked you the same question half a dozen times. You finally lose your patience and say, well, I told you before, or can you say and respond as though it were the first time the question was asked? Well, as we're honest with ourselves, we have plenty of situations where our patience draws thin, whether it's at home, with a neighbor, in the workplace, in school, wherever we are, patience can draw thin. But what does God's word have to say? Well, we heard the words a couple of times, be patient. And the writer James uses the example of the farmer. If you're uh, one who's had experience with farm life or perhaps planting a vegetable garden or a flower garden, you know that you have to be patient, that it takes time before you reap the harvest and before you have flowers that bloom. Well, in the Middle East, there were the early rains and the late rains. The early rains were needed to soften the soil in the fall after the long season of dry weather when the ground had become packed. And moisture helps seeds to germinate as well. And so the farmer plants and you go through the winter and in the spring you need a second set of rains rains that will bring the harvest to completion, that the plants can fully mature and the harvest can take place. The farmer has no control. He's 
totally dependent on God to send the rain in his time. The farmer has to wait. An example of patience. He also mentions Job, which is pretty interesting. Job was a man who had experienced tremendous loss. In one day, all of his herds and his flocks were destroyed. And then there was a storm that killed his ten children. And a little bit later, his body is afflicted with boils and he's miserable from the crown of his head to the tips of his toes. And he takes pieces of broken pottery to, to scrape those boils, those sores. And, at one, and he has friends who come, but, but how could you call them friends when they're criticizing Job for what he must have done and telling Job, you need to confess your sin. The reason you are suffering is because of some sin and you need to repent. And Job knows that he hasn't done anything seriously wrong. And his patience erodes and even curses God. But what James is noting not necessarily patience, it's his steadfastness. He continues to have faith in God during this ordeal in his life. James also mentions the prophets. The prophets who were sent by God. We heard some things about the children of Israel this morning and how they complained and were impatient with God at times. But after they were in the promised land, they didn't always remain faithful to God. And God sent prophets to call them to repentance, to turn back to God from their idolatrous type of worship, from their sexual immorality that was often connected with the pagan worship that they were conducting. They were not caring for one another. They cheated one another. And God sent prophet after prophet time and time again to call them to repentance. And the prophets were often ignored, but they continued. They were persecuted, but they continued to bring God's message. And sometimes they were even killed. Prophets spoke of one who was to come. And we certainly want to look at him this morning as well. And that's Jesus, the one who was the promised Messiah in the Old Testament. And at the appropriate time, as people were waiting century after century for this Messiah to come, at the right time, Galatians says, God sent his son born of a woman, born into this world. And we look at Jesus, the one who had pretty high patience quotient during his ministry, 
He was dogged by religious leaders, questioned, challenged, and finally, he was arrested. He was put to death on a cross. But think of how Jesus reacted to all of that. When he was put on trial, he didn't lash out defending himself and, and criticizing and saying, you're doing things that are wrong. No, he was there for a reason. He came to suffer and to die. But think about the occasions that took, the things that took place during that short period of time, how he was mocked, a crown of thorns placed on his head, purple robe on his back, and spit on, blindfolded, and told to prophesy now, save yourself, which he could have done. But through all of that, he endured. He endured the agony on the cross, suffering not just physically, but spiritually for all of our sins. All of our sin, including the sin of impatience at times. But it's out of that that come God's blessings. God gives forgiveness through Jesus Christ. He suffered for our sin and he rose again victorious over sin, over death, and over hell. He forgives. He's present with us to sustain us, to encourage us. Jesus, always there, present with us. And then we have that passage in Galatians, which talks about the fruit of the Spirit that is given to us. Love, joy, peace, patience. God, through his Spirit, blesses us with patience. Be patient, James writes, until the coming of the Lord. That's how we are to live, living the faith as God's baptized children, forgiven of all of our sin, with the fruit of the Spirit, one of those fruits being patience. Not only does James encourage us a couple of times in these short verses to be patient, he also encourages steadfastness. Establish your heart. Keep your heart firmly planted in our Lord, the one who gives patience. Trust God's timing. He's the one in control of time. We have no control. And when we are patient in the midst of our sufferings, in the midst of our difficulties, the health issues, the tragedies that take place, and we cannot do anything about it. And we are patient. We are a witness to others. 
People are watching how we live as God's people. Do not grumble against one another so that you won't be judged and suffer judgment at the hands of God. And when we can live in that way, people just may ask you, how can you be patient during this time? That opens the door for you to talk about Jesus, the one who was patient for us, the one who suffered willingly for our sins the one who gave his life for us. I'm his follower. I invite you to be a follower of Jesus as well. And again, we might think about the prophets and with the blessing also and go to Matthew 5, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And what he said, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. You don't have to lash back. You don't have to grumble. You can be patient. And then Jesus says, Rejoice! And be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You're in good company, in company with the prophets who endured suffering and persecution and even loss of life. Now, patience, definitely a challenge, but it's also a blessing. May God continue to bestow on you his grace, his forgiveness. He's patient with us. He's compassionate. He's forgiving. He's merciful. And may he continue to bestow the fruit of the Spirit of patience and enable you to continue in patience in your relationships with one another, whether it's in your home, in the workplace, in school, with a neighbor, and wherever. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus unto life eternal. Amen.